And it's us again. Welcome back to the Pitch Invasion podcast, the podcast for football tribalists. I am Zama Molloy. We've been away for a while. Uh, international break had uh, extended legs. But uh, before I get carried away, I'm here with uh, Mr. Ola Magwaza. In the building, live in the flesh. We're back. Hope everybody's good. Hope everybody's rested. Ready to get your shin pads on. I'm coming in studs up as usual. And uh, on the line, we've got uh, Mr. Emeka Enyadike, who has been a bit of a, a world traveler he, in the last month and a bit. He's been to Germany, he's been to Finland, he's been to Nigeria, back and forth. And currently, he's uh, he's somewhere on the continent right now. I'm not sure where, but uh, Emeka, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. It's been, uh, it's been a whirlwind. It's been, uh, it's been crazy, but... Um uh, I'm excited because we, we're doing some some good work uh, around youth, youth football development. So uh, it's something that always excites me when 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 we work with young people yeah. and uh, create platforms for especially African uh, talent to not only improve themselves but also get a, get an opportunity to 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 go to Europe. So that's that's. Uh, that's, that's the dream of every African mm. child who plays plays football is, is is how to get there. But we we are not looking at at the guys who are currently playing playing at the top. We're looking at the young guys who are coming and how we can improve them and how we can offer them a chance for education. Um, and then if if they make it in football, then it becomes a bonus. And I think that that's where we've we've always missed it. We've 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 not addressed that mm. that level of development. Sure, that yeah. that, that, that is excellent because yeah. you're doing work with minds. Am I correct? <laughs> Yes, yes. We we do. We currently um, work with with, with mines. We do have other partnerships in in Europe. We've got a um, a partnership with a, a club in Lithuania called uh, Zalgris, Kauno uh, Zalgris. Uh, we've also got but with mines. We've we've stepped back into Africa with mines. Where um, after the trip in Europe, we we came came to Nigeria with with coaches from mines, and we spent two weeks with them. Working with kids in Port Harcourt, excellent facilities. Um, we, you know, they had they had very good good uh, uh, training. We had kids from age eight to eighteen, mm. and you know what was interesting was after after um, after ten days of training, the, the kids got to play against some of the best youth youth clubs and academies there. And okay. and not only what did they overwhelm them, they they totally. Uh, it wasn't about the results. They they won like one game five one. Yeah. But but it was how those kids had could learn some of these new um, methods of, of teamwork. Because you know, with African kids is more about you know you know showboating and all of those things. But these kids played like you were watching watching a senior. Like it, it was like Germany against Brazil. That, oh. that, that, you know, great, great great efficiency. Yeah. And you know, for kids that some of them were just meeting for the first time, they spent just ten days going through a routine. Hmm. Training time eight o'clock. They were there. I know how Germans are. You know, very very time <laughs> like time. So these, these kids learned the hard way. <laughs> yeah, precision. <laughs> and they, and and now now the, the challenge we have is all the parents don't want, want us to make this just a two week experience. They wanted to make it an everyday thing. So wow. we, our next phase is, is now uh, training the local coaches and then putting them through a year program. And then by August next year, we'll have the kids go play play in a youth tournament in Germany. And and that that will be. Um, a dream. No, that's great, especially for the kids of, of Port Harcourt. Uh, I think, I think, yes. especially with the, the idea of expanding it and spreading it, um, and giving youngsters, yes, we, we, giving youngsters an opportunity. We, we we're going to another city called called Jos, um, which will be our next destination. We've mm. already had one week in Lagos. 
Okay. No, that's awesome. We I mean, have a plan to bring them to South Africa, ah. South Africa, and Zambia. We have we've also had conversations with with Zambia, and and South Africa is, is just a, it's just a matter of fixing the date. Yeah. So we 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 are we are working working on a on on, on a Pan African dream, not just uh, about one one part of Africa. And speaking of giving young young players an opportunity or giving players an opportunity to go to Europe and, and show their wares. There's, obviously, we talk about them all the time, but I mean, I think it's it's quite something. By the time this podcast comes out, Percy Dow would have played um, against Real Madrid. And here we have a South African who has, was bought by a Premier League team being Brighton and Hove and um, hasn't got an opportunity because of work permit issues to play in the Premier League, loaned out to Belgium, second division, Gets to uh, first division with Club Bruges and he's playing in the Champions who, League. Who in Brighton right now has ever stepped onto <laughs> the Santiago Bernabal? Do you know what I mean? Uh, exactly. You know, uh, but Brighton might never play play in the. In, in no, the no, 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 no. They won't. They, they will not. <laughs> Let's get that clear. They will you know what not. I'm saying? So I, I, I've always said that that the move to to the loan was a better deal for for Percy than. Yeah than if he had gone to Brighton. And then, you know, what, what excites me about it is it's just, it just falls back to what we, conversation we had a bit earlier um, about opportunities for African kids because you and I know three, four years ago, or three, actually three years ago, Pesita was playing the, in the Disky Challenge. Yes. You know, so, I mean, uh, uh, who, who can write that script? Mm. No, that's, it's, that's it's, 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 it's a mini-series waiting to happen. Playing there and, and playing against, I'm playing against Real Madrid. That's, that's insane. I mean, you, you look at you look at, at his his rise. For instance, obviously, even at Sundowns, didn't he get loaned out to Vitbank or something? Yes, exactly. And and, 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 and his ability to use to use all of that. Exactly. So I mean, Percy Percy had good 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 football education because of the, the the kind of experiences he had with this key challenge and with the loan moves that he did, and then getting into Sundowns and just doing well. Uh, becoming an African champion and playing in Afcon, we saw a bit of it. And he's, he, you know, we haven't even seen the best of him because by the time he gets more and more European experience playing against Real Madrid and the rest of them, he's, we're, 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 the next time we see him at Afcon or see him, who knows, South Africa gets to the World Cup, you see Ooh, uh, a player that is maturing, and then and, and then he gets a move, he gets a he gets a big move, yeah. a bigger move eventually if he continues to to play. And you know what what I'm I'm loving about it is he, he, where he is right now is. Is, is the number of Africans that are in that team as well. Absolutely, right. So, you know, he, he, he will feel very much at home because, um, yeah, it's it's the, it's the they used to say the American dream. I think this is this is the new African dream. <laughs> but it's also a testament to Percy's uh, character, which yeah. I think is not discussed a lot because, I mean, I mean, part of the issues we know uh, with South African players struggling to make that transition, you know, once they get overseas, is just having to adapt and having to change possibly everything about them for them to fit in. I mean, we've heard, you know, stories of guys complaining about the weather, food, people not being friendly. And I think Percy Tao, you know, we need to, you know, probably track back his story and try get an understanding of his psyche as, as, as a person. Because, I mean, you look at, you know, he didn't have it, you know, in a silver platter. He had to work through it. So his mindset through this whole process from being loaned out, from playing Disky Challenge, means that this was a guy who was grounded, both feet on the ground, and, you know, had a vision, had a goal, and stuck to it. You never saw Percy Dow on the back pages. You never heard of Percy Dow 
you know, issues with him in training and, and, you know, all the sort of back page drama that you see with a lot of star players. And I think there's a lot to learn outside of his football. There's a lot to learn in terms of his character and his conduct that I think could be an example and should be a blueprint for a lot of South no, African I agree. players. I, 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 agree, I agree with you totally. I mean, um, a lot of players we, we know um, end up with um, either alcohol or you know showing off with some fancy car or one story or the other. Um, the, the one thing that that, that that people miss in all of this is mm. for every young African player, and I've seen it, I've seen it a lot over the last two decades, um, how African players get lost when they go to Europe is when they, they get wrong advice and they end up in a big team um, going straight from Africa and they don't get game time, they don't get any of those things. So he got bought by Brighton, got loaned to a second division team and everyone was complaining that, oh no, how can you go from Sundowns to whatever? But what happened to him was that that one year he was under the radar. So that, that allowed him to settle in language, all of those yeah. those things. And so, you know, after, after one year in which he was in he was in the second division, he did well. But, you know, he, he was only in the spotlight because he was scoring goals. Yeah. The point was that, you know, it enabled him to, to adapt, adapt to language, culture, food, and all all of those things, and you you see him now he's a lot more relaxed. He's even try to try to speak the language. So, um, uh, you know, it, it's it, it, it's it's it, it's something that has to do with the individual and how how much of a of a, how much discipline and professionalism you can imbibe from an early age. And, and I think the sky is the limit for him. Now, keeping with the, the Champions League, um, Emeka, your favorite Reds, uh, they're playing Red Bull. Is what the the Austrian version, right? Uh, yeah. Tomorrow or oh, Salzburg or being on Wednesday, they lost two 0 yeah. against Napoli in their in their group opener. How much pressure is Liverpool under pressure to perform to knock the lights out against against Red Bull, or is this just a normal game where Liverpool will try and drag it out like they did against Sheffield the other day? No, no, no. I, I mean, they've gotten to a point now where. They, they know how to get results, and I think against Red Bull, you know, Red Bull, they will, they will, uh, Red Bull and Liverpool are red. They will, they will drink the Red Bull. Um, <laughs> I think that. <laughs> drink the Red Bull. <laughs> <laughs> I think, they, I think, I think, you know, people forget last last season they lost all three away games, and they still found a way to to go all the way to win the title. Yeah. So, um, the, Liverpool has a DNA for. I mean, Champions League and European nights are part of their DNA. At Anfield, they'll 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 get something out of that that result, and I I think that um, Jurgen Klopp has has this team firmly focused, and the loss against Napoli, um, it was one of those things where a few things went wrong in the last minute, and they and they got they got uh, those late goals. Yeah. I think that they will they know they will know that they have to win this game. So I, I'm very confident they'll get the results. Yeah, I don't think Liverpool will have a problem against Salzburg. I mean, when you've won seven in seven and, you know, you come back home, mm. I think, you know, against a team where the odds, you know, are in your favour, I, I just don't see Salzburg, you know, giving Liverpool much of a problem. And I think, you know, against Napoli, you know, to be fair, I mean, Napoli are a powerhouse in Europe now, you know. They might not be at, you know, Real Madrid, Barcelona, Bayern Munich, but maybe in that next tier of clubs. Because, I mean, if you finish second to Juventus, um, in the Serie A, you they, know, you have, have to. Forget, they have Ancelotti. They have Ancelotti as coach. So yeah, and they have and they have the best defender in the world. So you know, yes. there's no no maybe. loss in uh, losing maybe. to in beating. 
No, maybe, maybe, maybe. Uh, I mean, look, um, uh, listen, listen, listen. Van Dyke gets gets um, all the publicity, but I think I think Koulibaly is is just as good. He's right up there, absolutely. Koulibaly was worth a hundred yeah. million two years ago. What happened? All of a sudden, people are oh, Van Dyke. No, no, Van Dijk. no, no, no. Because Napoli doesn't want to sell, so that's the thing. You know, people offered them money and they didn't want to sell, so they they will sell eventually, but they will sell at the right price. Um, I don't think. I think Koulibaly for me is. I want to get your take on something, Amika. What's your take on... Obviously, this happened a few weeks ago, but um, the Salah and uh, Mane situation. Because, you know, I must be honest to you. I've kind of seen a trait in Mohamed Salah that I'm not liking. And I, I think Salah's getting to that point where now he's starting to show his true colors. And I think he wants the team's success to be either down to him or him playing an integral part. Look, I know I always mock Roberto Firmino for, you know, not being a true number nine and leading the line. I don't know if you saw that rhyme. Uh, sorry, I was rapping for a bit. But I I look at Firmino and he's quite selfless. And I look at Salah yeah, and I is. think, you know, there are quite a few games last season where even some of the goals Salah scored. And I'm like, you know what? He actually should have passed there. And I think this season, you know, it's probably coming to fruition. And I'm, I'm, I'm worried a bit for Liverpool that, well, hopefully they've sorted it out. But Salah's greed in front of goal, I think, you know, could be a problem for, you know, maybe you, maybe not the front three, but more so Mane. Because Mane gets into those positions. And when he's expecting that ball, Salah's not, you know, uh, producing the goods. And I don't know if, you know, if that's really swept under the carpet because... The fact that they no, shared think, the golden think, boot last season, I think maybe I think, Salah, you know, kind of feels like, you know, it should have been me. And I'm, I wonder if that's come into this season. Because even when he's not scoring, I'm not seeing like, you know, that that look on his face, that that the body language just what, doesn't the, seem the like... The lotus pose. Yeah, it doesn't <laughs> seem like, you know, he's all in when he doesn't score. No, I, no, I think I think it has, a lot has to do with the way he plays. Um, he, he, he reminds me a lot of of Iron Robin, you know, with that left foot he cuts in, and he's in two minds, you know, because the thing what people don't realize is, is almost like Nigeria's Samuel Chukwueze as well. Um, when they cut in from the from the left, they can see the goal. Um, um, they can see the goal, and there's always that 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 difficulty of you know should I take a shot or should I do it and I think that with the backlash from the from the from, the, from a few weeks ago I think Salah even there were times when he passed when he should have taken a shot and then he's got to be able to find a, the balance between when to pass and when when to shoot and also Mane, Mane is also guilty of it sometimes because um, you know he, he he's been given some chances and you know we, you saw you saw you saw him miss a few chances in the last two games um, so, you know, it's good for the team that they have these players who are hungry for goals. Um, they just need to learn from Firmino, who most times, like nine out of ten, makes the best decision, or, you know, of when to pass and when not to shoot. Because there was a chance he had last week that when Firmino should have, could have scored, but he still found a way to to try and put the ball through to to Mane. But I think that's um, the, so, that's where the problem could be: is that Mane and Salah are for males and. You know, they, one of them wants to stand on top of this fantastic team to say, you know, this is my team. I'm the one leading the line. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, look, I, I mean, money was the man before Salah came, and then Salah took, took the shine off him. And on that, that, on the back of that same season, there was issues where 
people were angry with Mane for not passing the ball to Salah, and then this season has been reversed. It's now Salah not, not passing to Mane. But I think eventually, you know, the, the good thing is they've got Klopp as manager who knows how to, mm-hmm. who's a good man manager. I think ultimately they will they will get something. And and we saw it a bit a bit in the last game where they tried to pass uh, uh, as much as, as as they could. Yeah. But um, yeah, the thing is. Uh, with what Salah has achieved, you know, Salah has the best record for even assists. So when you bring it down to stats, it doesn't hold up to what people take from just the visual uh, perception. Yeah. But I, I think the fact that they're winning, they're still winning, uh, you know, uh, that's what matters at the end of the day. They, yeah. they will find a way to work, to work it out. Uh, that, that front three, if they, if they actually hit the right reading, they, they, they could they could score more goals. And in the words of uh, Samuel Eto, the best one for me is uh, Mohamed Salah, Sadio Mane, but he's not here. <laughs> now, Emeka, I know you've got to go, but um, last yeah. night uh, we had Manchester United against uh, Arsenal. Ola said something to me over WhatsApp text a couple of weeks ago, and it's been in the back of my mind since that. Actually, no, it was probably on Twitter. He said, is Arsenal and Manchester United the Inter and AC Milan of the English Premier League? Yes, they are. I, I, I absolutely agree. I think they, they are now officially mid-table teams. Because Leicester, listen, Leicester, I know on paper, you're on, in the top four on paper, but look, listen, the, the, where they are right now, they, yeah. they need... They, they, they are the, at the point where there's there has to be there, there's a transition period where they are in where certain things need to change. And the good thing is that they've got the, the resources to to step back into where 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 they rightfully belong. Yeah. Um, but they need to make a decision whether whether they've got the right players or they've got the right the right um, coaches. I don't know. Something is just is just missing with those two teams. And I was watching a bit of the game yesterday and just wondering, you know. Um, how did they get to this point? Yeah. Because, you know, to, to replace Alex Ferguson as in Wenger, um, it's not going to, it's not going to, it's going to take, with how long they were and what they, what they achieved, it will take three to four years. Hmm. Uh, you know, and my, my United has already lost a lot of that. And, and, you know, I don't know that Ole Gunnar Solja is the right guy. You know, you, you know, it's, 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 <laughs> it's almost insane that we are at this it's the first it's it's early October after what Ole yes. had done coming into the job that uh, having yes. broken records it's actually insane that in October we're already saying Ole you're potentially on your bike you're potentially driving the bus out out of Carrington yeah but for, for me I don't know I don't know why Lukaku is not in that team yeah that, that's, that's you good. know I because because it's obvious that their problem right now is you can't spend so much money on on Maguire. I should have, you should have kept Lukaku and the team and then build from there and not not and uh, and create something that that that's all of this Greenwood and even Rashford. I mean, I think you know he's he's not he's not supposed to supposed to be the, the leading man. He's supposed to be like a support guy. Yeah, and I guess know, so that's what they were probably trying to do with, uh, with Martial. Uh, he's injured, is he? Yeah, he's injured. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, he's injured. Yes. Yeah, I, I guess Tumeka, maybe this is where we let you go. But uh, thanks so much for being able to to, to chat with us. Uh, this is probably where part of the show when Ola and I segue to what may become an offshoot of another podcast where we complain about Arsenal and uh, Orlando Pirates. <laughs> and by, by the way, before I go, yeah, Kaiser Chiefs, uh, kudos. And, yeah, you know, 
what is this? It, it's yeah, it's, it's it's been very interesting to see what's been happening out uh, out at Naturena and the fact that they've they they're not necessarily blowing their own horn, you know. They're just getting they're just yes. plodding along, plodding along. You're getting key performances from the likes of Bacchus and you know. So um so yeah, I think some interesting things to be seen coming and, out and, of the And surprise, camp. surprise, surprise! Kune gets Kune gets injured and he comes in and does a good job, you know. <laughs> so it's weird. It's weird. Look, you, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure uh, Bernard Raw won't be complaining to know that uh, he's a uh, his 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 number one or one of his one of his keepers is holding it down. So no. I don't think he will complain. Yeah. All right, Emeka, thank right. you, thank Thanks, you very guys. much. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. Now, Ola, speaking of, no, I want to get back to that Man United. Okay. Arsenal yeah. Debacle last night. You know. <laughs> You know, when I looked at both sides, yeah. um, obviously this was a tweet that I said a few weeks ago, and I, I can't help think that, you know, there's just a revolution happening in English football, yeah. and Manchester United and Arsenal are falling behind, and they are trying so hard to be traditional, mm. when I think tradition is falling out the window, because mm. Liverpool and Jurgen Klopp you know, they're not cut from the same cloth. The no. style of football, do you know what I mean? The style of football that Liverpool are playing under Klopp is not the Liverpool of old. Yeah. And I think Arsenal and Man United probably need to get with the times. And I think they're trying to reinvent the wheel. I saw Oli, who is behind a wheel, saying that, you know, I'm going to play youngsters. This is the fabric of the club. This is the DNA. This is what. And I'm thinking to myself, Oli, these players need two, three, four years to get it right. Mate, you on a month-to-month basis. He's on the clock. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? How how on how could you put your job on the line of people that are gonna need years to develop? It doesn't make sense to me. And then I look at Unai Emery and I'm thinking, you know, he makes Granite Jacker the captain the other day, and I'm thinking, why have you put Team your job? <laughs> look, if you're the head of any organization, if you're the manager, right, you don't put your job on the line. Yeah. And in the hands of your team who are going to pick a captain that you're going to be forced to play every yeah. time, who's one of the worst players in your team, right? So he has the power of veto to say, okay, guys, I took your votes in. Yeah, and I considered it. I considered it. However, boom, here's Give my captain. Quindusi. So I'm looking at both managers and both clubs and I'm thinking, you know, there's a serious revolution happening in English football and they're falling on the wayside. And in Man United's case... I think part of the problem is the fact that Ed Woodward, it's clear to me, mm-hmm. firstly, that Ed Woodward is signing the players um, and has been doing that for the last couple of years. Mm. Because I'm looking at it this way. You have Jose Mourinho and they give him Pogba and somehow he falls out with Pogba, either doesn't play him or yeah. plays him what he wants. If you sign that player, you would play him in the position that you know it's or you want his best for it. So yeah. that is an indication that he didn't sign Pogba. Same with Lukaku. Same with, you know, Alexis. And then I look back, you, you look at Louis van Gaal. They throw Falcao at him. They throw yeah. Di Maria. They throw Schneiderlin. And you think to yourself, did he sign those players? or wow, did Schneiderlin Edward, was at Manchester United. Do you know United. what I mean? And cost 35 million pounds. Wow. You know, did... did did the Man United manager sign those guys or did Ed Woodward just, you know, oh, I've got an empty checkbook, sign him, sign him, sign him. So 
that I think could be part of the problem is that the manager and Ed Woodward, in terms of what is wanted, hmm. you know, they're not seeing eye to eye because I'm looking at Fred right now. Yeah. Did Mourinho actually sign Fred? Did he want Fred? Because even when Fred came, Mourinho didn't use him much. Doesn't he didn't he didn't there was much fan Exactly, for him. and that's yeah. fifty odd million. And I'm looking at uh in Arsenal's situation and I'm thinking to myself, you know, Arsenal are a defense away from you know getting into the top four and you know doing well whether it's in the FA Cup or the Europa League. And you know, I was the one that said I agree with the Pepe signing. And I still stand by it. But damn, no. I didn't see David Luiz coming. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I didn't see... No one I, saw David Luiz coming. I didn't see David Luiz no coming. One. So I thought, no okay, one. if they are going to get a defender on the cheap, yeah. Luis Dunk maybe. You know what I mean? I really did not see David Luiz coming. And I think yesterday's game is, uh, you know, hurts United more, obviously because of the league placement. Yeah. But I think if you're an Arsenal fan, look... A point at Old Trafford. When was a point at Old Trafford ever a bad thing? No, if you, it's if never you, been. you hand any manager, you know, at the start of the season, look, you can take four out of six. Yeah. Obviously, they still have to win at the Emirates. You can take four out of six against Man United. Yeah. On any day, that is a victory. So, it wasn't that bad. But as for Man United, man, I just can't help think that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Look, it's the worst start in thirty odd years, yeah, for him. right? Nine yeah. points at the start of this, at the beginning of the season is the worst for United in thirty odd years. I, I keep on harking back to the thing, like it's just literally just the other day when the guy was breaking records. I, it, it, it doesn't but, translate. It, yeah, it, it, it doesn't but, translate. And 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 I also hear the thing of you saying like um, they need to adapt, right? Because mm-hmm. the tradition isn't holding up anymore. Whereas. Perhaps they were trying to create a Liverpool-esque kind of situation where they go out and buy a Maguire uh, trying to do a copy and paste of of, uh, of Virgil van Dijk. Maybe if we, we're sure about defence, yeah, then everything else will... Solskjaer is not club. That's the well, thing. Solskjaer is not club. And, you know, one of the big problems facing Man United, one of the big, big problems is injuries, right? Yeah. You saw it last night. If Rashford goes down and Martial goes down, you're relying on a guy that doesn't even have his driver's license yet in Greenwood, <laughs> right? If Pogba goes down, you're relying on a Fred who, you know, you, I don't know what you're going to get yeah. from Fred. If Maguire goes down, in comes in the memes and Phil Jones back in. Do I mean, Smalling is gone. Juan Bissaka is gone. Oh, if he's injured. Yeah. So, you know, you're relying on Ashley Young again. And I think United's bench is unbelievably thin. So, one or two injuries for United. Yeah. That's their season gone. And I don't know how they're going to recover. Because in January, look, I, I don't know how much money they'll have in January because you splashed 70-odd million on Maguire. Yeah. And I mean, even with Maguire, he hasn't come in and looked, you know, that formidable. Maguire actually looks he's more threatening when he's up front forward. Yeah, I mean, I, than he does at the back. Even, even from his hell days, he was always looking like yeah. uh, when, when, when he's on the other side of, of the halfway line, this guy this guy's a threat. Yeah. Um, I mean... Another guy who who was a surprise to me as a threat was uh, was McTominay, and every time he's getting close, he's getting close to 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 to, uh, to the eighteen yard. I'm like, why are they letting him shoot? For me, that's Man United's future captain, Scott McTominay. Um, you know, obviously they're trying to blood in the youngsters and yeah. give them time and play, and I think they've looked at Scott McTominay and they've said, you know, yeah, we need more we need of that. You, and yeah. I think if they can get two or three guys uh, that are more like Scott McTominay, either in performance in attitude, in the drive that United always demand yeah. from a player. I think, yeah, th- there is something to build off. On an Arsenal perspective, you know, I can't help think that Emery last night just got 
the tactics completely, completely wrong. Because if you're away from home yeah. and you are somewhat favorites to win that game, the best way to do it is to dominate possession. Yeah. And yesterday, Arsenal couldn't even string four or five passes together. And I looked and I'm thinking, Sabayos is on the bench. And that's the guy that should have started to make sure that Arsenal keep possession and keep playing the ball around. Because yesterday, essentially, Arsenal had to run with the ball. True. And that's why they were vulnerable on the mm. counter because they ran, they ran, everybody pushed up, somebody take, loses the ball, counter-attack. And you know what? I'm an Emery fan, but his seat is getting warm. His seat is really, really getting warm. And the criminal act of not starting tyranny yesterday. You know, that was criminal. That really was criminal. You know, whether it's, it's from a, a point of view of because they're doing the whole um, Bellerin, the, we're giving him time to come back from injury, that kind of thing. But you need a guy who's, who's shown. He's shown that, that, that he's capable of, of putting out performances. I mean, he's a fan favorite on, on Twitter. Come on, show the guy in. If Emery doesn't start both of them on yeah. Thursday, There's right? Seriously now, I think he's on a game-to-game -game basis. Because now, you're not even going to just get pressure from uh, the fans. Yeah. It's now going to be just from possibly the players saying, boss, you know, start the, the best lineup. And against Man United, I, I don't think that was the best starting lineup. Mm -hmm. The only light... At the end of the titles, that Saka is looking good. He is looking good. He is looking He's really, looking good. really good. He's looking good. I know Man United want to throw in their youngsters. Maybe they can take a page from Arsenal's book. <laughs> Look at how our youngsters are playing. Saka, Guendouzi, you know, tyranny. I would have made in. Guendouzi captain. And I know, I know it's out of left field, but I would have made Guendouzi captain. I mean, it's look, it's he's sure he's not he's he's not Sesk. He's not Sesk at that age. But I mean, honestly, why, why not? I, I think Guendouzi is a bit of Sesk and more. Right, okay. I'm not saying he's a better player yeah. than Cesc. I'm just saying in uh, in attributes, right? Um, he can get physical when it when need be, yeah. right? He's very good with the ball at his feet. You saw the penalty he won uh, against Aston Villa. Yeah. I just think he's not given that license. The difference with Cesc, Cesc was given that license because yeah. he knew there was a Vieira there, there was a Gilberto there, yeah. and he could roam around and be free. So I think we'll possibly see the best Guendouzi mm. if you link him up with that sort of a, a, a holding midfielder that will allow him to play his yeah. game. Because I think right now he's being restrained and Emery's telling him to sit deep, which I think is a mistake. I, I, I guess it's, it's also that thing of Emery's kind of pigeonholed himself in terms of making Shaka captain. Because now oh, he can't. Now you have to start him. Now you have to ahead of Torreira or you can't have the two of Yeah, so it's, yeah. So anyway. Arsenal struggling, Manchester United struggling. Team who's not struggling in the Abza Premiership is uh, Kaiser Chiefs. Oh, uh, well. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, 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 no prizes there as to which uh, which team Ola is supporting. Um, Kaiser Chiefs, Ola, they've literally. It, it seems like just yesterday. I'll say again, where there was there were, were the the the, the bites of every joke in South African football. The coach continuously uh, in the papers or still is sort of kind of but Kaiser Chiefs are, are are doing things seemingly the right way five wins in seven games is serious business yeah you know it's serious business and you know credit to Ernst Middendorp because I mean there were a lot of questions you know when he was appointed yeah. but I mean I think for him it was more of like a hand in glove situation he knows the club he knows you know the staff and everybody there so he would have settled in, you know, quicker than any other manager that they would have tried to bring in. And he's done a fantastic job. And I mean, 
The one thing about Chiefs is that they sound everywhere, at the back, in the middle, up front. I, I think this Chiefs team is, is, is so complete that I really think it would be hard for even a, a team like Sundowns to you know outplay them because they are outplaying every single team mm. in every department i mean if it's a game where it's close and the defense has to be you know stern at the back yeah. they're doing that if it's a game where you know the strikers have to be firing and goals have to come in they're doing that so i think ernst middendorp has you know found a formula that works for this team mm. and man they are looking dangerous and like i said five wins out of seven um games is something to take serious and they still have some of their players, you know, coming back from injury. And I mean, you look at the addition of what um, Manyama has, has done to yeah. the club. It's almost like a new signing because he missed pretty much all He's, of last season. Yeah, so pretty much. you're getting the Manyama of old yeah. back into this frame. And it's really working wonders. And I don't think Chiefs, I mean, in the I, I looked at the run-up, you know, with the next games leading up to the derby. It's possible Chiefs in the next six games could actually win four out of six and probably draw two and come into the derby, you know, and that stat of them not having beaten Pirates in four years or so or five, I think, oh, Pirates, as a Pirates fan, you need to be worried. <laughs> Pirates, you, you know, speaking of another, you mentioned Kieran Tierney for the for, for Arsenal as to why he's not playing. But then you've got a, a Kieran Backers for Kaiser Chiefs, who's been a revelation since coming over from Oz. And you didn't necessarily see it. I mean, it's not like uh, all of us are paying attention to uh, the Australian Premier League or whatever they call it over there. But the guy has come in, does a shift, 28 years old. He apparently, He's experienced. He, uh, apparently he wanted uh, Dr. Kumalo's number, but uh, they had to tell him, tell him gently. Yeah, yeah so to, somebody you know, is retired. Give him the history there first. And, uh, say, hey, uh, you know. You know, but here's a guy who's come in and he's doing the business. Look, his experience. I mean, like you said, 28 years old and he's playing in a very, very competitive league. Yeah. So, I mean, the guy, you know, uh, from what I see, he's bringing... You know, one thing about Chiefs, I must say, um, those of you who are under the age of 25, listen up. Here's some <laughs> history for you, right? Chiefs always have a way of finding... Whether it's Basera, uh, Onismo Basera, yeah. whether it was... Uh, who's the guy that ended up going to Rangers? Uh, uh, David Boa, David of Boa. Do you know David what I mean? Right. Like they, they always have. Um, it's funny how they picked him up, and he's again a revelation. And that uh, is it, Nurkovic, um, uh, the the Serb, the, the, the Serbian uh, striker. Yeah. Man, he's really, really good. No, I, from the from the first time you saw Nurkovic play, you're like, okay, okay. Yeah, this guy, he brings a different dynamic. A different and dynamic. his hold-up play is what is allowing guys like Manyama to feed off him yeah. and open up spaces. So. Again, like I said, everything is just clicking for this team. And yeah, I'd be worried coming into the derby that Chiefs, you know, they'll be hungry. And I think if you're Ernst Middendorp, look, I know there'll always be a job for Ernst Middendorp because in South Africa, we cycle coaches all the time. But I must think that he knows that this is the last big club I possibly have a run at. Mm. And I have to get it right. And I, I can see that he's doing everything that he can to not only just stay at Chiefs, but he can rewrite his own legacy. I mean, he can be one of few coaches to have successes, you know, with the same clubs in different spells with different yeah. players. Yeah. So there's a lot for him to, you know, sort of um, add to his uh, mantle as a coach in South yeah. Africa. Now, you, now as we as we close off, uh, you and I, we've got a, a team, another team in common who give us endless nights sometimes. Uh, difficult nights um, and I wasn't watching the, the specific match against Cape Town City um, at the weekend because I was I was doing the fatherly thing and 
you look at the highlights and Orlando Pirates had to fight, had to fight to a three-all draw at home. You know what? It Captain was City it, are, are, no, no, are, are, are a great it, team. It, it wasn't as bad as it looked, you know, because I think, remember, mm-hmm. Benny came into the game worried about his job security, <laughs> right? Can you say that so, about Benny? Well, coaches were getting fired left, right, and said oh. he even admitted himself, right? Okay. So he was worried about, you know, his job security. So I think for him, it was a matter of guys, you know, at all out. Yeah. You know, let's just go all out. Let's just go pound these guys. Let's go. And let's just get a, a, a result here. And you're looking at Rulani, yeah. who is also under, yeah. you know, some serious pressure. So you probably saw both coaches saying, guys, you know, I'd throw the playbook away. Yeah. Just get out there and, and, and score yes. and beat these guys. Hence, the score was 3-3. Because three, three. Yeah. I think if it was at a different point of their respective um, uh, tenures, or let's say if they were in different positions, mm. it might have been a more tight, it might have been a more cautious game. But both of them were really under pressure. And I think they just threw the playbook out and said, guys, just go out there and play. And I must say, on, on the Pirates uh, side of things, I think the Rulani experience is clear it's not working. And I think it's more so the transition the players probably have had to make from Rulani being an assistant coach to coach it's also probably been difficult for him mm. because uh, I once alluded to this and I said, you know, this is the guy that was probably the assistant coach where, you know, he's a, a, a player's coach where he, you know, that's the guy you talk to when the head coach is, you know, either giving you problems and that's your, your shoulder to lean on. And then all of a sudden that guy he's has guy. to be the enforcer. Yeah. And it's probably been difficult for him to have to change you know, the way he talks to players, the way he addresses them. And, you know, it's one of those, oh, I thought we were boys uh, four weeks ago and then all of a sudden now you're telling me off kind of thing. And maybe that's what's been difficult Mm. for him and the players. And I think, do you see them though? Like, I don't, there's there's a part of me that feels like Pirates would be reluctant to want to to jettison him or to, to press the eject button on this right now. Because in my in the back of my mind, I'm 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 kind of thinking, is this is Pirates now thinking about next season? Are they already I know we're only just seven games in, I know it's crazy, but like are they already like saying, look, maybe we should just start projecting towards next season? You know what? Seven games in and they're eighth. Okay. Um in South African football that means nothing. You can yeah. be fired after two games. Yeah. <laughs> so I think you know, the damage has been done for me this season by them already out of uh, the CAF Champions League, yeah. you know, and they are, went out of the MTNA. Essentially, you're looking at, you know, two other cup competitions in the league. And I mean, those cups are still a, a mile away, yeah. you know. So I think at this point in time, it would be a good point for Pirates to just press the reset button and say, guys, um, you know, this is not working. Uh, Rulani, we've given you six, well, six or so league games, and in total about nine, eleven, and I don't think it's working out. And I mean, eleven games—that's what? That's a third of the season. Mm. So why not reset now? And the two thirds that's remaining, mm. say, you know what? Let's try a different approach, different direction, with a different person, and see if maybe we can turn this around. You don't have to chuck Rulani out completely yeah. out the system. Maybe he can still be under somebody's wing and learn from there. But how different is Rulani from Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, right? Sure. There's no difference right now, okay? So I think it, it would be best suited for the club to say, 
Rolani, we still want you, you know, under the system. We still want you with us, but let's protect you now, right? Because I think they need to protect him and let's save you and your reputation from Rulani who took Pirates that was firing, gunning for the league title, gunning for CAF Champions League and taking Pirates to the pits. Let's just save you, be under somebody's wing and let's regroup because now it's a reputational issue now. Because we know in South African football, a lot of our coaches, for some reason, it's something that I've said in the past, you know, they don't get the favor that European coaches get. Yeah. We almost have a one and done here. You know, I'm sure Mangobanguti, since Golden Arrows, you know, uh, possibly has had jobs, but he's doing well at Sundowns. But you cannot tell me some PSL club cannot see the work that he's, he's doing behind the back rooms and saying, look, you know what, this guy's learned from Pizzo, let me put him in. So there is this bias that we give European coaches that, you know, our local coaches don't get. And I fear that with Rulani, for his future, he probably needs to say, guys, let me just take a back seat. Let me learn another year or two, and then I'll come back having learned. And I think maybe he was also, remember, he was thrusted into yeah. this, you know, and, and, in the and, middle of the night. And, 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 and I literally feel like for me, it's, there's an element of maybe it would be too it's unfair on him to say to to, to base his um, coaching acumen on what's happened over the last couple of month month and a bit having been thrust as you said into the pirates job because literally having to be installed without the pre thought of like this is my team this was a case of I'm working under someone this is quote unquote our team but this is now his team. So I, 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 I kind of, there's, there's an element of sympathy for him. And maybe you're right. Maybe there's a case of protection. Maybe there's, maybe there can be Mavericks and say, look, we're just going to go with you. We're going to, we're going to trust you. I mean, like there is some, there is some, uh, he is part of the family, yeah. but, uh, but, but I, I think, I think it would be unfair to, 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 to pigeonhole him and say, this is Rolani Mugwena's coaching career finished, done. I, I, again, I, I like it. I'll give you uh, an analogy. Yeah. I think it's, you know, when guys end up dating people that they know, friends, right? You know, when a guy, you know, when a guy dates that very good looking friend that he's known for 10 years and, <laughs> and he's thinking, no, man, I've seen this girl every time she comes, she complains to me, she cries and she tells me, oh, this boyfriend, boyfriend, this. And then you think, okay, this is my turn. I'm going to come in now. And you come in and you realize maybe she's the problem. Do you know what I mean? And you found yourself, you're stuck in this situation and you thought that maybe you could be that guy and you realize that, no, this is actually a tougher job than what I thought. And save yourself, back away, you know, don't chase waterfalls and, you know, stick to the rivers and the lakes that you know. And I think that could be the case with Rulani where he sat there in the background Hearing all these players say this, say yeah. that, you know, we'd like this, we'd want... Because obviously, as the assistant coach, you're the guy that's the shoulder to lean on. Yeah. And then he saw a gap and he thought, hey, let me go in. And he's probably found out that, man, this is probably, you know, a lot more than what I had anticipated. And again, I think for his reputation um, and for his career, I think he needs to take a step back and maybe just reassess and learn. And I mean, he's a young coach, right? So there's there's always time. There's really always time. And I think he's the sort of coach to me that looks like he could be uh, a, another Kevin, another Pizzo in the making. Because remember, Pizzo be awesome. and Kevin and them started very young, yeah. but they learned. Do you know what I mean? And what helped with guys like Pizzo is, you know, having played for 
someone like Joe Mosono, having been at Supersport and learned from all the other, you, you, you know, coaches, the um, uh, guy coached Bafana with the glasses. Chichimichi. Uh, no. Chotmoloto. Um, no. Uh, glasses, grey hair. Um, there are a lot of them. <laughs> Gordon Eagerson, you know the you know the guys like Gordon Eagerson and so forth. So, I think he probably needs a he needs to be a protege okay. of somebody, and I think he will benefit from that. And yeah, right now I think Pirates really need to press the reset button and start planning for the future. Hmm. Well, uh, speaking of the future, well, thank you very much. Uh, I think uh, this has been a good return, and looking forward to having you guys back with us. Ola Makwaza, thank you again. Thank you. Always my pleasure. And just for the record, Man United. <laughs>